As you can tell, it's the most formal of all gigs we've ever done. And we all know exactly what we're doing. The plan is going perfectly. Sure. Are we recording? We're recording. All right, we're recording. All right, well, welcome everyone to the first ever Berlin Tapes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we have wonderful performers here today. We have Rufus Coates and the Blackened Trees, otherwise yeah. known as Jess Smith, the wonderful <laughs> Jess Smith, the legend Jess Smith, and Ruby Jean Rose. And uh, Steph's going to tell you why we're all here, because I don't know. Okay. Um, I, well, I guess it started with a conversation about music in Berlin. Um, you know, we're kind of involved in the community of musicians here in Berlin, and we kind of wanted to set up something that um, would represent them as artists and something that would help people understand uh, what, what it means to, to do that every day, day in, day out, whether it's summer or winter in Berlin. And also we wanted to do something in winter in Berlin because winter is depressing as fuck. So exactly. that's why we're all here in the nice cozy, 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 jacuzzi. Anyway, we're going to stop <laughs> talking now. Right, uh, so we're going to bring up our uh, first musical performers, and they are Rufus Coates and Jess Smith, otherwise known as Rufus Coates and the Black and Tree. Okay, uh, yeah, it's a basic song. <laughs> You'd have to wait here all day, here all day. The rain it's hurting on your face. Stop looking up, you're looking strange.
Thanks very much. Um, this is a song called Safe For Now, and it's written about one of my favorite places in the world, Galway City. Um, yeah. You are 
Question possible for, yeah, for our first question. ever question. Hmm. So what brought you to Berlin? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Everybody fucking asks that all the time. We really do. What 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 was the last? What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Why did you have to leave Brighton? Well, have to or choose to or what? It's a little bit of have to. Really? <laughs> no, I just I couldn't afford the UK, and um, I had visited my father in Munich a year prior and um, stopped in Berlin on the way and just fell in love with the art scene and then a year later really couldn't pay the rent and <laughs> decided okay it's time to go and kind of just randomly said oh Berlin was nice <laughs> and um, ended up here and now it's four and a half years later. So it really houses. like money is a huge factor then. Money. Pretty much. I, know. I mean yeah, yeah. it was like uh, I kind of hate having a day job so I saw a lot of people um, living with their art here and uh, I did end up sort of like working part-time in a kitchen for a while but um, I just really liked the sort of free lifestyle and like just saw an opportunity to be a full-time artist and just went straight for it. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. What about you guys? Is it the same? Um, yeah, uh, we 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 came over to to do a tour in in, in Germany maybe three years ago now or so, and, and we we were over here for a month and did loads of shows, and we just really enjoyed it, and and saw the opportunity to play small venues and make a living doing it. Do you know, at home in Ireland, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, that's no, true. It's, it's Why not? Option, you well, they want I you to play know. cover gigs, really. Yeah, don't they? they want they want cover gigs, but like even that, it's it's just not big enough. There's not enough people, you know. It's you know you can't you can't play in in the likes of Galway three nights a week. You know, there's only two venues to play. You know okay. what I mean? So. And were you living in Galway before you came to Berlin? No, we weren't. We were living in Mead, where I'm from, before we came over. And I know you've got a bit of attention in the. Irish Times and everything, you got like album of the yeah, week yeah. and everything, which is a big deal. I'm, yeah. I'm Irish, so it sounds like big, big deal, deal for us, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a newspaper. We have our own. We now. have our own newspaper. Yeah. We even have electricity these days. It's yeah. fucking great. Uh, so, but what what the main connection uh, between? It wasn't money then. It was because no, there's the a limited market. Like it was the culture as well, and it's just I just loved just the German audiences, and I'm not just saying that really did. Um, just how attentive they are to their music, how they support their art and their culture, and to say that you're a musician here, it's not like, well, I just know from my family, when I was growing up, to be a musician, be kind of, well, what's your real job, or, yeah. what, are yeah. you, or what are you going to do that, with that your response, life? That response, like, when you yeah. say to someone in a bar, oh, what do you do, I'm a musician, and they say, I used to play a bit myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 Right. Well, and here that's more widely accepted. Yeah. As it, like a real, yeah, yeah, as a real thing. thing. Yeah. And you can go travel as well, like you can travel, like you're not stuck on a little island in Ireland, you can actually kind of explore mm -hmm. and gig around and explore all of Europe, so it just made sense for us anyway. So. But, but Ruby, I would have thought that would have been different for you because you were in Brighton, and Brighton, I've been to Brighton, and it's, and it's not 
like a lot of places in the UK, it's kind of it's on the sea and it's there's a there's a music scene and it's there's a big gay scene there as well and it's very kind of I don't know. I've had good times in Brighton. Don't know about anyone else. Is it is it not is it not an easy place for uh, now I'm gonna have either? to slag off my hometown oh, on record. Oh, it's okay. Record. It's not as if anyone's ever gonna listen to the oh, like, my Facebook Live or whatever the um, fuck it is. Well, I guess it was um I mean, all of that is true, and um, I was running nights and working as a sound engineer and stuff. But like I said, I mentioned before, England's very expensive. Like Brighton oh, is, like London prices. They call it London on Sea now. Yeah, right? which they should not. <laughs> which is not <laughs> fair because it's tiny, and uh, it's it's actually it's a town, you know. And I so I wanted to really live in a in a big city. Okay. And like while I was gigging a lot, and yeah, there is a music scene. Like you you can't stay in Brighton if you really want to sort of grow your career you've mm -hmm. got to like move to a bigger city and I, I did always think when I was younger London but you know here you kind of get all the big city opportunities with like a much lower price and like there's still a these gay scene said, here that's there's driving there's still a gay you scene have it all yeah I mean yeah <laughs> sorry so, yeah, but yeah again, I mean I like eating <laughs> but we're, all, we're all poor as fuck it's safe to say that right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how we word this in a nice way, but like the struggle to get by as an artist, how are you, how are you, how are you going through it? Are you feeling okay? I'll, I'll give this over to you guys. Yeah, like I'm good. Like money is money. Like don't get me wrong. It'd be great to have it. It'd be great to have yeah, money. Yeah, but like, but like, you know, I've worked, I've had money, but I was miserable and I'm doing something that I really love and I find myself, I'm very lucky to be in this opportunity to do that. So mm -hmm. yeah. I'm happy out. How, for example, do you pay the rent every month? Yeah, it's a struggle. That, <laughs> that, that's about yeah. all we do with it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think there's the, the, the there's like uh, people think that being a musician is quite glamorous and you're always having fun in a bar. You have plenty of drinks around you and all of that. Yeah. And that's what people see. But actually, what what happens there? How does that actually work day to day? Like, what's a week look like? Yeah, like like. You know, pretty much the way it works is that like like we play quite regularly around because you don't get much money per show, so you mm. have to do a lot of shows. It's yeah. it's kind of as simple as that. But like it's we just work around it so that it's like we know that on the morning of a gig we'll have enough to get the tram to that gig that night. <laughs> and then we'll get that money and that keep us going to the next gig, and yeah. that day we'll have enough for a tram yeah. to get to it. You know, it's mm -hmm. yeah, it, like it is. It's literally day to day living, but yeah. like it's for me anyway. It's it, it's better than than doing something I hate. Mm -hmm. 40 hours a week and, yeah, cause and I'm very lucky cool. to be able to do do this as well and I have to remind myself of that quite a lot I remember you reminded me I was playing a gig with you two weeks ago or whatever and uh, you said I was like oh Jesus it's hard to get any fucking rent ever I'm always at least five days late for rent like <laughs> always would you get there I get there yeah. when Rufus said yeah but at least you're getting away with it that's what you said yeah. and that resonated with me it's like I, we are getting away with it just barely yeah. Ruby you're busking as well so is that yeah. is that that happened at the money situation a bit or I mean, it is I, winter now that's terrifying <laughs> I'm still out there yeah, yeah. that's fucking <laughs> awesome a, um, yeah I mean I was I was a full-time busker and that was all I did for about a year and a half and um, like this last year I've started doing other things and relying a bit more on shows and changing it up a little bit which is good because uh, yeah you, you can go a little bit 
insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> give us an example yeah, of that there, Ruby. Uh, you can't yeah, just, just give us that golden nugget to take away. Of what I look like when I'm crazy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just when you're sort of standing on the street and like, I mean, that becomes like, yeah, like it's day-to-day living when you're sort of leaving the house, doing something that is illegal and you know that's the only way that you're ever that you're going to be able to survive and get through the next day so you know you can kind of like already as soon as you've left the door you've already got a lot of pressure on you and then you've got to perform Mm. on top of that so it can be a lot and then so if anything happens like there can be like conflicts on the street like you've got like the, the police stop you then you're suddenly thinking like oh my god like i have only made like 20 euros and blah 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 like and this is or if you show up to a spot and there's already somebody playing and like usually they're they're nice in the city and you can talk to people and you know negotiate and share a space and you actually end up with a lot of friends but then mm-hmm. if you show up to somewhere you say you've already taken equipment out the house dealt with the kind of like oh, i've got to go and just play somewhere and then if you show up and somebody's not nice you know and you've already sort of egged yourself to do this thing that kind of feels like you're jumping into the abyss anyway mm. and then if you have to have a conflict then with a stranger on the street mm. it can be very tiring and then when you know if you're just doing it as a side thing it's not so stressful but when you've kind of got that thing always nagging in the back of your mind like yeah. now i can't eat yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. it yeah. can be um we were laughing like yeah. <laughs> isn't that funny oh. <laughs> look at the starving oh, child that's not funny at all. <laughs> What trauma? What delightful trauma! <laughs> Stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> but um, but also I think it's really helped shape me as a person. You have to deal with that, and you know it's sort of yeah. When you start to look at your art as a career and a means for survival, it really helps you take yourself a lot more seriously and like you know deal with those problems that you are going to face whether you're playing on the street or in bars or you know the there's always going to be something that makes it easy because nothing is easy like yeah you know if, if you wanted stability i always say go back you to take an years. office job but I, yeah <laughs> i noticed that jess you said that as well you you had money you were working in an office yep. i was in the rain yeah. every week yeah. <laughs> i actually did that myself and i remember uh, my flatmate tapped me on the shoulder and said have you noticed you've been miserable for six yeah. months now yeah, and yeah. yeah it's just uh, staying it, in bed what, watching shit, yeah what was, what was the realization for you that you're like fuck all of this i'm gonna you know do this well, crazy it's the same with music for me anyway like i like if you can't count all the white hairs on my head i would be very young now starting off with music um but i i someone that inspired me to follow my dream was my friend nikki and she passed away cancer when she was 28 and she was the only one to ever hear me sing and she always told me to do it so like life lesson there is life is so short and like when we first started playing music we were playing tiny little places very nervous but then it's just that feeling you have doing what you love and it was just cutting the cords and for me it was just like i'm just going to do it you know so yeah it's good talking about playing on the street for example or playing in that venue that small venue when you're really nervous Mm -hmm. like Obviously, like apart from money, like what is the reward from all of this? It's the best what feeling else, in the world. What else? Well, is if, there? If, it, if it's one person you can connect with, and like you get that, like we've had, like you can play like big room full of people, big crowds, the whole lot, and mm-hmm. 
you know that's great <laughs> but like it's, it is as simple as that anyone who does this knows the feeling that you get when you do it and mm -hmm. that's why everyone does it because it is the best feeling in the world it's, yeah. it can't be beaten it's, it's an amazing thing would you agree with that Ruby? absolutely yeah. I mean I'll, I'll never forget like when I first started busking because um, I, I started doing it like first as a way to just support myself and um, I was kind of just like looking down and like not really uh, being as sort of like forward as I usually am and then a girl just sat next to me and like smoked a cigarette and then left and she threw something into my case and it was like it was a note and like um, it said like thank you so much for that moment and I don't know I remember going home that day and being like oh my god like that was someone who like she looked upset and then left sort of, I mean, I don't know if she felt better, but I'd like to think that she did. Mm. And then like, I mean, I always think if you can help one person, like you've, you're doing so much. And yeah, I remember realizing that day, like, oh my God, you know, art's so important and mm. it's, it's worth it when you sort of have those little moments, like especially it happens so much on the street because you're really face to face with people, like a stage kind of, I almost feel creates a barrier. Mm. And like, yeah, I just I always remember that day. And I've had a few other experiences like that, where you have somebody come up to you and say like, thank you so much. And I remember I was talking to a friend and he said, how many jobs can you do where people actually thank you for what they're doing? How many people finish their shift at the end of the day and somebody comes and says thank you? And there's not a lot. And I think that shows like how important it is and I think like just the fact that if somebody's walking by and they hear something that they like and decide to take their money out and throw it in the case mm -hmm. and like to show that just that a feeling is still worth something to people, I think is proof that, you know, we're still really human inside and have a soul still. And I don't know, that's really enlightened me over the past couple of years because like you, you look around and you do not see a lot of hope for humanity and oh, <laughs> stuff like that. But when you're, <laughs> when you're doing art all the time and doing it in such a risky way, like where you're really in with people and you actually see them all the time, you get a real sense for how wonderful we all are. And yeah. it's, it's really blown me away and I, yeah. Well, now that you mentioned that, like uh, that, there's a bit of a, you know, it gave you restored your faith in humanity. Is probably too grandiose, but you know, it gave you a certain instinct that things aren't as shit as they may appear. Yeah, but and just to feel there's, it's a hard thing to articulate, but there's a connection between us all, and I think art, whether it's music or, or visual arts or anything like that brings us into that moment because we still want to pay for an experience it's nothing we can hold yeah. it's not like food or anything like that it's just literally something that we feel and we put so much on it yeah. and I think that's like and that says a lot about people who are you writing songs for because we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? And I don't think we ever got an answer. Yeah, give it to us now, yeah, please. Yeah, now, I want it. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's easy to say that, like, I write songs for myself and, and, and that's why I do it. Yeah. But, like, the reason 
enough, a lot of the reason behind why I write songs is is an egotistical thing because oh, yeah? people tell me they like them. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it's that simple. Though, do, you know, do you get do you get any relief though? You know, like uh, like Ruby saying it gave her a little yeah. faith in humanity. Is that relief? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, we're right, writing a it's song. It's an amazing way to vent because like like um, my music is quite dark and and people always tell me that it's very dark, or whatever. But when, <laughs> you, when, when you meet me and, and, and talk to me, I'm, I'm the least kind of dark person. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Going, it's therapy. Is it therapy? It's, it's therapy. Yeah, Is it therapy? Yeah. Music. It, uh, yeah, God. Makes me happy. Though, yeah, because so. I'm always a little confused. I'm on stage and I'm like, Jesus Christ, am I like clinically <laughs> depressed? I don't have a single happy song. I wrote one about sandwiches just because, just because I thought that might, you know, relieve, relieve the crowd of this misery. And then I listened to the lyrics and they're the saddest thing I ever heard. <laughs> It's, I don't know, it's strange what the fuck we are, isn't yeah. it? On that I, note, I maybe... I love sad music. It's yeah, sad music is great. You have to be in touch with that side of you. I think denying that, that you know... People who are happy all the time are sickening. Yeah. On that note... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we have a song? Shall, let's get a few songs on the go. Right. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, Let him know it's okay.
Thanks. This next song is for Andrew, who is watching all the way from New York. And Our is... one viewer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey. Let's have a round of applause for Andrew We love you, Andrew. Please don't leave. Um, so... <laughs> so this song... We're in the big time, everybody. We're in the big time. Yeah, I'm not just from the UK, I'm also from the US and um, sort of sometimes get unsure as to where I'm from or where I should go. So this song's kind of about that feeling. I'm sure this room of Chapelers understands. It's called Run. I want to run away from here tasted my blood it's just like fear I want to run away from here just like the rabbit chased by the deer
So we interview the artists, and then they don't worry, there'll still be more music later. But yeah. now we're just gonna get into the deepest, darkest recesses of their souls yeah. with some questions, or else we'll just, you know, we'll talk and chat. And we're recording this. This is all being recorded, so you know. So if you say any, exactly. Yeah, if you if you feel like talking, just you know, hang yourself instead. Anyway, now, uh, so uh, we're, I like that a lot. <laughs> Childhood, like. Oh God, <laughs> no, no. No, we're not really gonna do that. What was your earliest creative thing you can remember? Like, it obviously, maybe you were a child, maybe you were. And it actually happens in your hometown. In oh, Drogheda. Oh, that's yeah, lovely. I, um, I remember I was we were at a music shop. I was maybe about seven or eight, and I was playing with a guitar. My uncle always had a guitar, but I used to go down and like, like just strum and stuff, and I was fascinated by it. But we were in Drogheda. No and there was a guitar and I was playing and next thing I was like oh I hope Santa brings me this next thing I was scurried out of the shop and my mum went missing for ages and left, <laughs> and left me with my cousins and this is not like my mum at all but then she came but like it's just when you look back and stuff just the effort that she went on she, she didn't bring the guitar home and I did, we didn't live particularly close to this town it's like a good hour's drive. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And oh. she and so just to get like yeah, no, it was, she'd yeah, actually, she got she got the exact she got the guitar yeah. and yeah. and you got it what for Christmas or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like Santi. That. Santi. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And then what did you do? <laughs> what yeah, did you do with I it? I just played A minor and E minor. <laughs> but my uncle oh, talked, already like, with the melancholy yeah, yeah. chords. Yeah. So <laughs> my different senses. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but like I, 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 I uh, <laughs> it's I'm, all you need. It's all you need. Really. No, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not learned musician. I can't read music. Nothing. It's all by ear. And mm. it's the same with my uncle. He taught me five chords on the guitar, and it's the same five chords I know today because the same five chords. That that's the two vast majority of songs. That's two more than you need, really. Absolutely beautiful. What about you, Rufus? Do you remember your first creative thing um, where you felt a little rush or anything? Yeah, like, that? like um, when when I was uh, like a, an older teenager and, and like in my twi early twenties, I, I I played rock guitar and rock bands and cool. Um, no, it wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we weren't very good and like cool. um, yeah, it was it was it was strange because growing up, I always hung out with them. Um, like cool, cool people who were really good at music and stuff, and yeah. it used to feel strange hanging out with them because I didn't feel that I could do the same, yeah. same playing and stuff. And so they're all bankers like, now, and uh, now you are here. Yeah, you I'd say they'd love to be, but I'd say most of them are unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, whenever we, we talk about you guys, you you would say, well, we didn't start writing music until we were what? Yeah, well, like thirty. I, I was thirty. 30 yeah. 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 yeah for, like for us, well, especially with the songs we are singing, because like. Well, you especially, I think your lyrics and everything, they've come from, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, it's I can't imagine me being in my I'm early I'm, I'm really kind of glad that we like, <coughs> I, I, 
we didn't do it when we were younger because mm -hmm. I don't Maybe I don't know how believable it would be. Yeah, yeah, you said you said that to uh, to me yeah, a few yeah. weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. You said that uh, you don't know if it would be as believable. Is that, is that did you ever dabble in poetry or anything like that or? No, I felt like a few times. You did pretentious type of teenager or whatever, but like uh, not not ever seriously. No. Because the lyrics are very. The lyrics are a strange. I think we were t we've spoken about this before as well, and how quickly lyrics come to you, and mm. it's it's not you haven't thought about them. Like I remember my father asking me about the songs because he's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like the majority of the lyrics I've written, I haven't really thought about what I've written. Yeah. It's, it's afterwards you go, "Oh, they're they're quite good." Mm. You know, it just kind of comes to you, or whatever. and that sounds ridiculously stupid. No, it does definitely it doesn't. Like whenever I talk to people about writing songs, they're always they always have that, like, there's always an element of surprise, like, they write a song and they're like, oh, how did that happen, kind of thing, like, yeah. I, I didn't know that was in me, and it, and it is in them. It does, and um, it means that you're always, always really anxious as well, yeah. because you can't go, I know how to write songs, well, I can do that, that anytime. Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> you have to worry about it, not be like, to do yeah, it. I'll just, I'll just write out the song real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, everyone's nervous about writing Give a song. Give me five. Yeah, everyone's, everyone, right? Everyone's nervous about writing a song, and they yeah, might actually—it's very—you're like you're exposing a very exactly. Yeah. I think the point here is that it's a—it's a massive, massive artistic gesture to put words down on paper. It sounds like something that you could just do willy-nilly, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's not very easy not to easy, do at all. The, what makes it hard, I think, is is most people have um, that filter. That yeah. it's like. You, you write something and you, you read it back and go, oh, what was it? What was I trying? That just sounds stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you don't do that, yeah. and you leave it's it for fine. a while, yeah. you know what and I mean? Then you like come those, back to it. Maybe. The words that you've written are generally going to be they're, they're going to be fine. So. Uh, yeah. Ruby, do you uh, wait for inspiration? Or are you one of these nine to five? I need to write a fucking song right now. What, what, how do yeah, you? I, how, does it, how does it feel for you? I'm uh, an obsessive writer for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say I was writing before I started playing music. Really? So I was always telling stories or writing stuff down in notebooks and I was, yeah, writing poems and whatnot. And then I started playing cello at eight and then got a guitar later and it was sort of when I was in bands and they were like, who got lyrics? And I had all these books oh, full of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in poems, but um, have you always had the confidence to just write? Stuff I guess it's something down it, and not feel silly about it. Because if I, I write anything down, I feel silly about it. But, yeah, that's, it's that's strange. It's nothing yeah, I've no, ever no, really thought about. Uh, I've just, I feel weird if I'm not writing. Like uh -huh. if when I fill up a notebook, I'm like, I feel like I'm exploding and I need to like go and vomit on a page. <laughs> <laughs> like, I um that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, I kind of feel like a prick now, but <laughs> like, no, don't, don't. But it, for me it's like um it's always just been something I've done. Um and uh, not not all of it's good. A lot of it's terrible. A lot of it's so terrible. But like I kind um. of um I mean I take breaks, but like I definitely it's been the thing that I've sort of like made myself do almost daily. And like, I have to have moments where I'll either write myself letters or I just kind of like to write a sentence and then just try and rhyme that sentence. And mm -hmm. I mean, I have really awful moments where I'll find out things about myself that I didn't want to know. Because <laughs> like, yeah. if you, you know, you're constantly free writing and then you'll read back things and you'll be like, oh my God, like, 
it's out. <laughs> like, yeah, there it is, the paper in front of me. What have I yeah. done? Like, and um, so in a way, it's it's, it's a subconscious process. For you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you're you're writing for the sake of writing, and then every now and again something creeps up on you, and that's kind of what you were saying happens yeah too. I mean it's very much it. like that yeah. I don't think I think about it too much so where do you think it all comes from <laughs> I don't or is know. that too your demons your yeah. demons <laughs> <laughs> like that <laughs> is it yeah. dark do you need the dark to create good art does no, that no, 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 I don't know I don't think so that's a you know, good line just, just really <laughs> write someone write that <laughs> down quickly. the lyrics are happening right now okay <laughs> so just re really recently I went to a, a there was a, an art exhibition on it just happened to be next door to a venue I was playing in and a friend brought me in to look at it and it was um, a, a, a Syrian refugees had put on an art exhibition and I went in there with a friend of mine who's a Syrian refugee and we were walking around looking at the paintings and, and he was saying to me that he was that the art was amazing yeah. Uh, but he, he was saying to me that he was really disappointed with it and he was really disappointed with it because it was all dark it was all showing war and death and mm. things like that and he's like there's, there should be hope and everything you know mm. and I'd, like, I, I believe that strongly as well like it, <clears throat> in, in everything that, that is dark there's, there's kind of a beauty in it and you should be and able to take light. that beauty out of it and, well, and yeah. there should be hope in it so it's like that Leonard Cohen line where he said the, the crack is where the lights come in, exactly. The, the best line ever written. Yeah, he, my God. Anything <laughs> Leonard Cohen ever said. himself and Bob took all the good lines. Yeah. Yeah. The lines. bastards. Yeah. <laughs> just, before I, just, just before I came here, I was listening uh, with Steph. We were pretending we were preparing questions, which we obviously have not done at all. And uh, we were listening to A Hard Rain Is Gonna Fall. And I just thought, it's just, he wrote that when he... he it's all right, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. The like bastard. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's all right. I'm only bleeding. Uh, oh God, we can't get out to do it. We'll be gone forever. Our podcast. Our one rule we had for podcasts is we wouldn't talk about influences because it bores us to tears. So sorry, everyone. But yeah. If you are talking about songs, the Towns Van Zandt is my personal favorite. Is he actually your favorite? Oh yeah. yeah. So you know the melancholy of Towns. I was, I'm, I'm getting really into. I was playing. Uh, he died on New Year's Day, and we, uh, there were a few of us played a, a bit of a tribute to him because he uh, on New Year's Day, and I was just I couldn't get over how happy everybody was in the room. Yeah. So we were playing the. The definition of the most miserable songs ever written. Wasn't the whole night of like it was called misery? Yeah, exactly, it was yeah. called a miserable night. We, all, <laughs> we had, we had, we had a, a lot of musicians there, and a, a terrific musicians played. Felix Buckner, loads of people uh, were there, and everybody was so happy. So it was coming back to yeah. earlier. We were talking about the, that it's just therapy in it. Do you think that? It, it doesn't matter how melancholic uh, a song is. There's an element of joy to creating in no, general. I think, I think it's a together, like it's a togetherness. Because like at the end of the day, we all go through bad times and hard mm -hmm. times. But it's just like when someone's very honest and very real, what they're expressing, and you can have that. You know, and that's I remember what you said to us. And it's brilliant what he said. Yeah. What was the question he asked? Us? And we still can't answer it. Yeah, it's like, okay. It was this guy. Um, he. he booked a couple of shows for us mm -hmm. in, in Holland or whatever, but great. we connected over Towns Van Zandt. He was a massive Towns Van Zandt fan. And yeah. Like, we've been talking for ages throughout the evening, and, like, again, I'm not I'm not a sad person when, when I'm talking to people or whatever, <laughs> but he, he, he brought up the fact, he was like, what what attracts us to sad music? What yeah, is it about sad music? Yeah, that's always such a 
It's like, such a good conversation. But I don't know. Like, I have no idea what it is, yeah. but I definitely prefer it. Mm. Like, I prefer listening to it, you know? Yeah, like, I yeah. do too. Actually. And, like, I, yeah, I don't know if it's... No, I remember having a similar conversation with someone. Is it that you're sad that you listen to sad music? Or does the so melancholy... Some, I think no, just no, someone's I, being totally Like, uplift you in a way. Yeah, so I, I, think I think it's just a circle that goes round and round and round and will never end. Give happy people feeling of what sadness is so like if, you, if you're not a truly depressed person or whatever mm. you can listen to sad music and f- kind of get that a little bit of that emotion out of it mm. and, I, yeah, I, and that's a good thing I think apparently. it is a good thing yeah, yeah. I think I, that is like, a good yeah. thing yeah yeah what about you Ruby do you agree with that yeah I mean like I think well sadness to heal sadness you have to let it out don't you and yeah. I think like I remember or pills or pills. But they, <laughs> no, then you're fucked for two weeks whatever later. You know? your butt, like, yeah, but I think right, whenever, joking, but well, whenever no, sadness becomes a problem, it's when you, when you keep it inside and you don't um, <laughs> tell anybody or express it in any way. And I think like the moment that you sort of admit to sort of being in pain or going through something is the day you start to get better, yeah, I yeah, think. No, so I think to like to take something that hurts and then to turn it into like sort of like what you said earlier something beautiful like a piece of art I mean that's really I mean every time I've written a sad song I I kind of instantly start feeling better and Mm. I think like yeah it's just more admitting that not everything's great all the time and I think it sort of then opens up that dialogue that we can have between each other to be like hey I'm not alright and let's connect and yeah. help each other feel better. Yeah. And they are, you're never ever gonna heal if you just keep everything inside. And I think, yeah, those sad songs are a reminder that we need to keep doing that. So, yeah. yeah and then you get some beautiful thing out of it. You exactly. Get an actual song. And what, as we keep bringing him up, Bob Dylan, he said, behind oh, every stop it, behind stop every, it, behind every beautiful <laughs> thing, there's some kind of pain. And yeah, and as soon as you, like, I always find whenever you start, like, really describing, like, a bad incident and then, like, laughing afterwards and all of that, like, I don't know, I love that. Like, look, we are right now, you know, we're sort of, like, laughing in the face of depression and death. <laughs> and, and I think that's really good. You should, like, laugh yeah. at it. I think it's what makes these things shrink. And even though they can affect you in such a powerful way, it's not gonna own you, and you really own it the moment you turn it into a work of art. I think that's oh, like making right. that's what Control your beautiful it. song about the monster is about, really. Exactly, Isn't kind it? of exactly what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make friends. Make with friends it. with the yeah. monster. That's. That's a, lovely, well, um, that's a lovely ending point. Isn't yeah. that a lovely ending yeah. point? Uh, so on that note, we're going to welcome uh, the wonderful Ruby back to the stage with her band. Yeah. But I just want to thank uh, the wonderful Jess and Rufus here and all of you for yeah, listening. Yes, thank you and so Harold much. And everyone, thank you very much. We're going to end now.
See? 